All right. Thank you. What's up? If you missed the intro music, you're probably not alone. But that's all right. We tried something different this week. Sorry about last week. Um, I was in Las Vegas, uh, so uh, we didn't get a chance to do the show, which would have been more timely because it would have been right after the Sixers defeat on that Sunday night, which bummed me up, bummed me out so much. Um, I was stranded in Las Vegas for days, but I'm glad. I'm so happy to be back here in Wilmington, right behind me, being back here with my partner in crime, Ross Jeffrey Jacobs, who is actually at the center of the crime itself. He is in Atlanta, Georgia home to the second round uh, victorious Atlanta Hawks. Um, so I'm not envious of you um, being there in Atlanta. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're fired up. Man, you know what? They should be. Um, things have broken great for them. They're playing great basketball, and uh, it's not easy to be around them and hear about how everyone's Hawks fans. But it is what it is, and they've earned it, and they've earned the right to be here, and they're playing like a great team. So it'll be interesting to see how far they go. And I'm really excited, though. We have a special guest who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We'll keep that under wraps, uh, but we continue to work here at 97. Or what's our what's That's not our day. We're at 1973. What the hell is going on? And I met someone yesterday at like the line of a drugstore, a singer. I forget what her name is, and she said, you know what? You seem like a nice guy. I'm going to check you out on Spotify. Um, oh, her name is Harley. So Harley, if you're listening, please, uh, this shout out goes right out to you. Because I just, I think I might have found this a friend. And every person I was like out talking to in Vegas, I'm like, you got to check us out on Spotify. And now I didn't know. Tell us the big news that we've got coming forward with um, with Mr. Matty Hansen, that Atlanta Hawks fan who we had on a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so we now have an Instagram page, 1973, the podcast. We have an email, 1973podcast at Gmail. We have a Facebook page, 1973podcast, and I think we have a Twitter page as well. So we'll be getting content that way, sharing some stuff, just a chance to interact with people if they want to. Uh, it'd be pretty fun. Lev, you should start following our pages too. We have uh, our special just up last night, so I can't get mad at you. We yet, have but. our special guest. I'm going to admit him into the room right now. I want uh, RJ. I want you to introduce him. All right, here he is from 97.5, Jamie Lynch, with some intro music. <laughs> All right, so. Truth is, I'm using my backup computer, and I had to use my phone. But the honorable <laughs> I Jamie, I love the Lynch, production value there. That was that. No, it's it's Jamie. We need some help. But that was in your honor from Foo Fighters, is what I was trying to play. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, Jamie, welcome to 1973. We so appreciate you being here, man. <laughs> I only joined the high, uh, the highest quality podcast. So <laughs> happy to be here. It can only go up from here. You're probably like, what did I get myself involved in? Uh, so Jamie and I became, uh, I, I've listened to uh, the Kincaid show. And then obviously before that, uh, the Mark Forzetta show uh, as well. And I've been a long time, both Lev and I have been a long time, 97.5 listeners, loved stuff. Um, and Jamie and I got uh, connected because, uh, <laughs> Jamie, do you want to tell a story about the honorable tweet, the, the tweet that <laughs> launched your, uh, your, your national profile? Yeah, uh, I had a, a joke tweet that my buddy who was a Knicks fan told to me the round before, which was that Trey Young plays with no honor. 
So I, uh, I tweeted that out, meaning, you know, the jumping back into guys, the drawing fouls. He's too good of a player to do that crap. Um, so I had that tweet out and Atlanta sports radio got their claws in it. And, um, next thing you know, half of the city was, uh, hate tweeting me and, uh, talking about me on their radio station. So Ross was uh, kind enough to send me the recordings and alert me to the fact that, uh, I was being discussed on Atlanta sports radio. So I was happy. I found it ironic that they thought I took the bait when they literally took my bait joke tweet and, uh, and ran with it. So I was happy to provide them some material and uh, Ross alerted me to all this. I didn't know I was... that there was any passionate Atlanta Hawks fans until this year. <laughs> I mean, we're, this isn't 1988 in the Dominique Wilkins slam dunk contest. With yeah. Jordan. I mean, come on. Yeah. I didn't know they were out there either, but uh, they're feeling pretty good about themselves, uh, I guess with this playoff run. So they came out of hiding and uh, came right at me. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll all tell you, you know, I was there during the Dan Roundfield years and uh, <laughs> all that BS. But, yeah. uh, you know, there are some loyal ones. I know a few and, and I'm happy sure. for them. And, and yeah, Jamie, I'm completely with you, man. Like Trey, like before, I wish we could go back. We don't even have technology to play music. But if we could go back, one of the things that I said when we brought um, someone on who's an Atlanta Hawks fan, I said, when Trey Young starts that shit where he's jumping into guys and drawing these fouls, I was like, it's just a matter of time before we start throwing things at him. Because it, <laughs> it's BS. And, and you're you're absolutely right. He's way too good of a player to be like that's the stuff that you go and you see at like your local JCC or YMCA, like the old guy who's just trying, right, with like double knee braces, who's trying to just get get points so he can go home and, and brag up to his family. I mean, yeah, he's too good be- for that. It made the NBA refs life really difficult. Um, but like Matisse Thibel in that series, and it's not the reason they lost, but he was getting penalized for playing perfect defense. And yeah. def- I mean, the advantage is always with the offense anyway. So I, I thought, you know, that style of play, and he's not alone. Harden does it. Chris Paul does it. Um, it makes the referees life really tough. And then they don't know how to call a game. And it's a real slippery slope. I thought it affected the product overall um, and so much so that the league agreed with me, uh, you know, changing, changing the rules there. So it'll be interesting to see what the refs have to deal with next year uh, with these rule changes. Yeah, it does. It breaks. I tell you really like the, just the overall flow of the game, it makes it really choppy and, and challenging to watch. And at the end of the day, I mean, even if you're a Hawks fan, you know, and you get, you get, you know, fired up around Trey. I understand that. But like, at some point you got to be like, this game sucks. Like it's not even fun to watch him just jump into guys. Um, you know, he does so many things so well. Uh, yeah. so it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, let's, let's, before we dive into, uh, NBA playoffs, maybe let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the Sixers. I know this is painful for all of us. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and Jamie, I know you've done this all too, yeah. too much, but, uh, just for our four listeners at home. Uh, hey, you, uh, I think we've got 64 at least. We have oh, the 64? Nice. I wow. check on that. I do check they, on that. Well, now that they know Jamie's on the show, we're legit. So Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, obviously everything that, that came about with, you know, a lot of questionable moves from Doc, right, coaching. Certainly the uh, undoing of Ben Simmons, right, Um the Embiid carried us and then he really had nothing left in the fourth quarter. Um, Tobias, you know, he was on a milk carton every other game seemingly. So is this, as you look at this team, I mean, certainly 
how how do you feel about is there any way Ben can return? Let me start with that. Um, I mean, that question ultimately lies with Joel Embiid. I personally sure. think their relationship's done. I think Joel is out of patience. Um, I think in the back of his mind, he knows he's probably got to win here in the next four or five years. And I don't know if he's willing to give him more opportunities. Uh, I think it starts there. If Joel is done with them, it's over and there's no way he can return. Um, in terms of value, you're probably not going to get the fair value you would have six months ago. Um, the public's turned on him. Uh, you know, I, I was one of the last defenders and I can't defend it anymore. So, you know, they're proposing changing hands shooting. Well, you're telling me that's going to be an easy transition and a fix. Then you're waiting again another year. And then there's going to be the same questions again next year. And it's just like this vicious cycle now in year five, we're supposed to believe he's going to improve. I, I, I can't trust you anymore. So I'm not Daryl Morey. I'm not Joel Embiid, but I, I, I find it hard to believe he can fix it here. I think, um, you know, once the home crowd starts turning on you, I think you're in big trouble. If it's, if it's between the ears, like most people think it is, it, it, once the support's gone, it's going to be really tough to succeed here. I have, I have a follow-up question with that because we brought in Daryl Morey really to be able to be, you know, the big, big shot guy to be able to make decisions. So ultimately the biggest decision he's going to make is with Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. I, I've seen some of these trade rumors out there. They, they're horrible. I don't <laughs> want in. Supposedly the Warriors are going full steam on uh, getting Ben Simmons or want him. I don't want Andrew Wiggins. I don't want Kelly Oubre. I, I heard something from the Pacers that the Pacers were looking at getting him. I don't want CJ McCollum. This guy's 30 years old. Um, yeah. I want someone that's more ready to win a little bit younger. I want two things out of anything. We need probably a traditional point guard and a small forward. Um, and otherwise I don't see us getting any better. And so that's my concern. What do you, any takes on that? Uh, on the Warriors thing, I think that's coming directly from his camp, because if you think about it, if, if I'm his agent and I want him to rehab his image and be in the best possible situation, I can't think of a better situation than playing with Clay and Steph. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's getting pushed out from clutch, clutch sports. Daryl Morey, the one thing I know and I have confidence in is he's not dumb enough to take Andrew Wiggins and, or Kelly Oubre in return <laughs> for that. Um, I think he's a hundred percent, you know, going to try for Dame Lillard yeah. um, because that's what you do. If you're a GM and a guy like that becomes available, you, you find out what the value is. I think it's going to be hard to pull off. It's probably going to be a three team trade. Uh, if it is pulled off, uh, and who that third team is, I have no idea. You know, a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, you know, six months ago, we would have laughed at as fair value, but I almost look at that as like fair value now. And I think the Sixers are as good of a team with Brogdon as they are with Simmons, which is something six months ago I never thought I would have said. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, he'll kick the tires on Levine. He'll kick the tires on everybody that potentially is available. But I have a feeling whatever he does is going to be out of left field and something none of us saw coming. So we'll see. Um, I think Clutch Sports wants him out for whatever reason. Um so I think they're going to control a lot of the narratives. And uh, I have I have faith in Maury and, and Brand that they'll do as good as they possibly can, given the situation. 
I have more faith in Maury than Bran. Bran was, of course, the one that brought us Al Horford and uh, yeah, and uh, re-signed for Tobias. It's interesting on your website, your your station's website. They went over the entire process yesterday mm-hmm. and reviewed all the moves since 2013. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it yesterday. If you get a chance. You know, they it was asking. We, we lived it. We know it. We lived it. <laughs> I, I mean, look at Mikel Bridges. I mean, yeah, that one sucked. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the Suns, right? The, the Suns have Monty yeah. Williams as their coach. They like the great Willie Green. Dario's yeah. <laughs> on that team, right? Bridges. Yeah. I mean, they're part process. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That Bridges one sucked. I mean, you know, they got the pick that helped them get Tobias, but at the same time, you probably could have pulled that off without that pick anyway. That that hurts because Bridges would be perfect here. He would be. He would be. So let me let me ask you a follow up to the to the to the Dame situation. I love Dame as well, um, and and I know that I am probably in the minority when. I, I say that I'm not sure I'm ready to part with Maxi, and I just want you to hear me out mm-hmm. because it, let's say that the proposed deal is two ones, Maxi and Ben. My question to done. someone today was, <laughs> what's that? A done deal. Done deal. So let me just throw this out there though. Is because I, I know that the window's short for Joel. Yeah, I totally get that. But mm-hmm. is there a better chance that in just two years at 33, is there a better chance that Dame is still elite or do you, is it, is it also possible that Maxi at Ben 22, Ben at 26 are going to be bigger contributors, contributors together than Dame would be. I, I just want to throw that. I, I just, I love, I watched Maxi in college and I love everything about the guy, the way the mm-hmm. plays, the way he, how hard he practices. Um, you know, I think he can, I know he's not a great defender, but I, I think he's a willing defender. Um, he got better throughout the year. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's, that's my biggest. And the, so that's one thing. And then the other part, and then I'll, I'll shut up is the, the other thing is I feel like when Philly, when we swing for the fences <laughs> with a superstar, we always end up regretting it. You know, there, there it's, it, I can't remember. I mean, was like, who was the last like true superstar we brought in who, and I'm not talking Zach Wheeler, like true superstar that really changed the game for us. I have one. That Maybe Moses. I mean, I was, Moses. I was, yeah. I was struggling. With yeah. It. For basketball, there's not a ton. I mean, Bryce Harper was, you know, face of the game. We'll see if they end up regretting that. They probably will towards the end. Um, but their desperation called for a move of that magnitude. I, I don't want to say desperation for the Sixers, but it's kind of teetering on desperate, you know, like the Nets are going to come back with that big three next year, fully healthy and, and no problems there with a year under their belt. They're probably going to be better. Uh, Milwaukee's got a big three. I, I just, I view Ben Simmons right now as such a detriment to the big three because I mean, Nate McMillan showed you if he can take away his best attribute, which is defense by some simple picks and screens and getting switches on guys You can almost negate that come playoff time. Um, I would do it. I love Tyrese Maxey too. I was pounding my chest, like, please draft this kid. Please draft this kid. Um, You just got to give something to get something. And I don't think a guy like Dame comes around all that often, Uh, a top 10 player in the league. I've always said for like three years, I think he's the perfect pair for Joel Embiid. 
So if you're giving me Dame and Embiid next year as a duo, and then Tobias as the third, it's phenomenal. So I think those two are about as good a duo as you'd have in the entire NBA. So I, I would do it. Um, I, you know, you got to live with the repercussions if Maxi ends up being awesome. So be it. You know, I, I think Simmons kind of, we know what he is and what he's going to continue to be. I, I, for one, don't think that the shots ever going to come and the free throw percentage is going to continue to be an Achilles heel. I go for it. Um, uh, you know, it's not complete desperation, but it's getting there. It's fair. That's yeah. I was going to say with your point about the Nets, I think the Nets are going to be solid next year because they're going to have a normal preseason to play together. They'll mm-hmm. probably get back from the injuries. Um, a lot of people forget that first Miami Heat team back, I guess it was, what, 2011? Yeah, they lost in the finals yeah. to the Mavericks. And look, they came back like, you know. So I think they're going to have – I mean, we're going to have serious competition in the East. They're going to have a chance. Sean Marks is going to have a chance to build that bench up. Um, so we have a lot of work to do. Um, looks like the Celtics might be a little bit better. Um, based yeah. on what I'm reading. So, um, and obviously the Atlanta Hawks have taken a step. Um, sure. So, and a, and a team like the Celtics, I don't think is going to have any uh, doubts or hesitations about trying to go get Dame also. Yeah. You know, they, they could offer Jalen Brown and maybe another youngster and a bunch of picks. They, I mean, they might view it as desperation too. Um, you know, looking at the East ahead of them now, like, holy hell, Miami's another team I wouldn't be surprised. They're always in the mix for something. So not only do you have to view it as improving your team, but also lessening another team in the East from overtaking you. So I, I'm all in. I, I still don't think it's going to happen. I think Portland's still going to try and hold on to him for some reason. Um, we'll see. But I, I'm all in. All, all chips are on the table for me. Yeah. But if you, if you have to put your uh, prognosticator's hat, uh, you know, come September or even come, you know, draft time in July is, is – Ben's still a sixer, best guess? Uh, I think he will become draft time. But you never know. This could heat up quick. Because uh, the, the Olympics is going to be going on. I don't know how much, like, I don't think it's going to stop front offices from being active. But I feel like there's going to be a quiet period while the NBA players are playing in the Olympics. He's not playing in the Olympics. He's going to be well, he won't working, be. working on his shot. I mean, this guy's got to stop going to LA and hanging out. He's got to be in Camden shooting every day. That's what yeah, he needs he, to be doing. I will be playing for the boomers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who cares if he's in Camden? I don't care if he's, as long as yeah. he's shooting, he just bought a house in LA. That's I, I saw that. Million. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I think he will be by the draft. I don't think he will be by the start of the season. Okay. Okay. I think, I think it's, I think it's coming because I, I wanted to be inside Daryl Morey's brain watching that last playoff series. I wanted to know his inner monologue so badly because it's so glaring. It's not like, I mean, his lack of free throw shooting cost them a playoff run in Joel Embiid's prime. It's just, I don't know how that doesn't consume you as the GM. And I don't know how much patience he has. You know, he doesn't have any ties to him. He's not, he didn't draft Ben Simmons. He views Ben Simmons as an asset right now. So we'll see what he believes in. Got a That's question. A great point. Jamie, great. Do, you, do you think we might have overvalued the Sixers this year that we all jumped on the bandwagon because we're gigantic fans? And I know Ross and I talked about this all the time, 
But I had this bad feeling in game seven that I knew they were going to lose it mm-hmm. probably back in the third period. Have we maybe overvalued the talent of the team? Um, I don't want to say we did. I mean, they were the one seed. They did have the best right. home record in the NBA. I don't think you do that by fluke. Um, I think, I think we all talked ourselves into Ben Simmons being different. I think, uh, our exact fears just came back to haunt us. Uh, you know, once it became a half court set and, you know, he's essentially removed from the offense. So I think they were, I think they were legit regular season team. It's just they're not exactly built for the playoffs. I mean, when you have that big of a glaring hole and a, and a max player that more or less just disappears on one end of the court from you, it's, it's really hard to win. I mean, even when you look at Phoenix right now, if you were to remove, you know, a Chris Paul or a Booker or an Aiton, they're not going to be a finals team. You know, you, you live and die on your max players backs and one of their max players just isn't suitable for playoff basketball right now. Mm-hmm. Is there a last question for me for the Sixers? Cause I'm like been nauseous for two weeks. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's just horrible. It is horrible. And living in this godforsaken town, <laughs> right. That's like fucking worst. But anyway, um, so is there a scenario that you could see where, and I know you guys have talked about this a little bit on the show, mm-hmm. where maybe they move Tobias and mm. bring someone in who can help take some of the scoring load and maybe keep Ben again? And I know it, it, a lot of it ties to Joel, right? How he's feeling, but like, mm-hmm. is there a scenario where you could see them moving Tobias? Yeah, I think I think I think it's all on the table. Um, you know, if a Tobias could get swapped for, you know, let's say CJ McCollum, let's say Portland blows it all up and they want to get rid of a CJ. I could see something like that happening. Um, I don't know how great his value is right now because I think almost everybody agrees he's, he's a good player, maybe not the $185 million player. Um, So I wonder what he would bring you, but I think he can be a really good number three. You know, like a guy that he's a fair comparison with is like a Chris Middleton type. And are people in Milwaukee saying Chris Middleton isn't good enough to be there two or three? No, they're not. Um, I think I think he's a really good number three to have. I don't think he's a good number two to have. Um, so I think it's all on the table for the team. I think they're, they'd consider anything at this point. I just don't know what he gets you exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, what uh, do, What about NBA Finals? I mean, is anyone stopping the Suns? <laughs> I don't think so, especially now with the Giannis injury. Um, the Suns have been rolling. They're playing really good basketball. Devin Booker's incredible. That's why you take a Kentucky guard if you have the chance. Yeah, um, that's all right. I think the Suns win it. Okay, yeah, I agree. I, I think just with the way... Uh, it's so interesting to see how Chris Paulus fit into that team. Yeah. Um, it's and Aiton the way he's evolved. And then I think you're looking at your next set of superstar players with Booker, um, the way he's emerged and ice tray as they like to yeah. call him down here. Right. <laughs> um, so Aiton, Aiton's been playing awesome too. Like, and he's a number one pick. That's what in his second year, third year, third year, I think the yeah. third that took that major step, you know, Ben was a number one pick that never really took that major step. 
at least on the offensive side of the floor. So it's like you're seeing what number one picks do and Ben's not. So it's, right. it's, it's aggravating watching a guy like that get better and better and better every year when our guy just stayed the same. Yep. So I right. was watching that, I guess it was game two against the Clippers at uh, the Cosmopolitan. I don't know if you saw that slam dunk that tip in at the end of game two with Aiton. It was amazing. Absolutely. I saw the highlight of it. I'm usually asleep by the end of those tip offs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. This guy, uh, Ross, you're on mute just to let you know. I know, because I have a my a son little friend causing all little... kinds of trouble. <laughs> so, um, so, um, yeah, so, I think yeah. this I think the Suns team is also so much fun to watch that you're. I mean, you you like this team. You really like this team. This is not a team you dislike. I mean, they're a likable team. So, yeah, yeah they James, are a likable team. They're fun to watch play basketball. Uh, when you have a guy like Bridges and uh, as your you know fourth option. That's uh, that's some serious talent. And they're like you said, this uh, they're like an extension of the process, right? So yeah, uh, we have uh, <laughs> Let's switch gears uh, from one depressing topic to another with the Phillies. And uh, <laughs> yeah, did they, did they lose last night again? Because I know they had a nice yeah. Uh, yes, they there. lost after Aaron Nola started out. Well. Yeah, on fire, and then he gets putting shot. that ball anywhere. I almost feel like the strikeouts are a detriment to him. His pitch count gets so high; it's crazy. Um, it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. How, I mean, eleven of his first thirteen outs were strikeouts, and then guys just started getting like bloopers on him. Um, I uh, I don't quite understand how you can be so dominant and then fade away like that. Agreed. Agreed. It's, it's, it's nuts. And I, you know, as I look at the Phillies, you know, I've thought about this Jamie a lot and uh, you know, I see a guy like Spencer Howard. Right. And remember he was the guy, he was the guy and untradeable and trades, everything like that. You see a guy like um, Scotty Jetpacks, right. Who they signed to this big contract where he played, but showed potential early on. You see a guy like Nick Pavetta, who's now pitching pretty well for the Red Sox. Cole Irvin pitching pretty well for yes. the A's. Like, I look at this organization. I know Dombrowski is, is, you know, still new to the organization. But, like, top to bottom, right? It's like a total just mismanagement of an inability to identify talent, to, to coach up talent, develop talent, and then to deploy it at the major league level. It just seems like can we burn the whole thing down? I mean, am I, am I overreacting? No, you're not because you would think every once in a while, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. So I don't think it's, it can't be that they're drafting all the wrong guys. It just can't be. Um, so I think there's some kind of developmental coaching issue that exists in the organization. I wish I knew what it was, but I, I you know, I'm not a fan of the other 30 team or 29 teams in the league. So I can't imagine that all their top prospects that come up, the can't miss guys like Spencer Howard and Bone struggle as much as Phillies players do. Like it's rare. Even Aaron Nola you're seeing now after four years have his worst performance. So I mean, maybe it's just as simple as they're not picking the right guys, but I find that hard to believe. I, I mean, it's definitely a big part of the problem, but there's gotta be something else going on too. And I don't know what that is. They need to fix it or they're going to be irrelevant for a long, long time. 
They are. I know. Five games back, four under. I mean, they're in that like horrible position where they can't be seller. I mean, they can be sellers, I think, but they're certainly not going to be buyers at this point, right? So they're probably going to be content to just see how this thing shakes out. I mean, Didi's coming back. Yeah. Brandon Kinsler's uh, coming back. So look out, everybody. It gets put in in a high pressure situation last night and then he gets DFA'd today. It's like, that's what we're working with is guys you're going to cut the next day. Well, I, I have some good news. Only four more. Is it four weeks till training camp starts? Yeah, I think it is. I think it's four okay. weeks pretty much exactly. Um, did we want to do a little Eagles um, before we, uh, before James? I mean, now that we, you know, we can talk a little bit of Eagles. I mean, where are these prognosticators coming out? I think what are I sometimes hear 10 wins more than that. I mean, or less than that. I mean, Sorry, I'm just going to move in my house. No, 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 go right ahead. <laughs> As I said, we're not a, uh, a tech savvy operation here. Uh, I will, are we looking at maybe a seven and 10 win season or not even that? Um, I think they're, I think they're in that seven, eight win kind of range. I think they will be better than a lot of people give them credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, we're very dramatic in Philadelphia. The way <laughs> last season ended, people, people thought, you know, the sky is falling. Everything's bad. We're also getting an offensive line back. You're getting uh, a Devonte Smith burst of energy. You're getting a fresh offense. So I, I think things don't necessarily have to be as bad as they were last year. I mean, Carson Wentz was probably the worst quarterback in the league last year. Uh, so I think by default, you're getting almost I don't want to say better because I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be better than Wentz, but I think you're getting an improvement on really poor position play last year. So um, I think, you know, anywhere from six to eight wins is kind of fair. Mm. Yeah, more, I got to get more Baba. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, I love you, it, man. And I love Give me how one you're, while you're at it, please. I, have, I love how you both have kids in the uh, screen, how we've tried to keep them out of the uh, – program ross while while i have a second with you so i heard something today that jalen rager were counting on him to have a good season this year which i was sort of like if we're counting on jalen rager to have a good season then we're in some serious trouble look let me oh oh hello say hi i'm not a very scary person <laughs> i just have a great over, beard over, now. over zoom at least. yeah <laughs> um yeah so i'm so glad jamie's back for this because jamie i i you're you're a, you're a well he's kind of back um uh, a big i'll tell you what man like i listen to you a lot and uh you know your stuff especially when it comes to the draft like you like you know some people know the draft i feel like you really know and i remember you were very excited about rager uh and i was too very excited and i'm certainly after one year with a you know basically non-existent training camp um, and it was just a funky year overall and all the drama that went down in Philadelphia. And uh, I, I, I still like Rager. I still think it's year two. I mean, there was a time when wide receivers didn't even contribute year one. Yeah. So I'm, I, no way am I ready to dismiss this guy as a bust in any stretch. Um, you know, he's going to be in a new offense. And I will say the other thing yeah. is that I'm really encouraged by Sirianni that just based on like what he said about um, I want to get the guys, the ball in, I want to put guys in positions where they're going to succeed. Whereas I feel like Doug was a little bit more, this is my system. And I put, make players fit in my system where Sirianni seems to play to the player's strengths. Yeah, I agree. With that. 
Well, from what we've read and heard, obviously none of us know yet. Um, but, you know, he was well, – in his time in India, I think they were top three in the NFL and getting um, the ball in players' hands within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So I think he's a believer in get it in their hands and maybe allow them to make plays. Um, and I think that's a strong suit for Jalen Rager and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think the best ball he throws – is that you know running back route out of the backfield i think he's he's good at hitting guys in stride we'll see how he does down the field uh but i think that's his strength and i think it's jalen rager's strength the thing you kind of like about him is he's got that shifty type of movement that i think can make guys miss um he got separation last year you know i remember at least two times when carson was looking at him wide open and just didn't pull the trigger um i think jalen hurts is going to pull the trigger but look, I mean, I, we in Philly compare him to Justin Jefferson, right or wrong. That's right. why people kind of view him so negatively. Um, but, you know, he's he had an ankle injury to start. He didn't have a full offseason. It was a weird situation with the COVID protocols. Um, he came into a situation where he had, you know, perhaps maybe the worst quarterback in the league in a very stagnant offense. So I think there's reason to, to be optimistic about him for sure. Um, you know, he's still a first round pick and he's only a second year in the league. I think it takes kind of three years to determine if somebody's real or not. So I have a lot of hope for him. I think him and Devontae Smith could be, um, could be a really nice one too. And Devontae's strong suit is something Jalen needs to improve on. That's route running. So if he can do that and, and be nice and crisp like Devontae is, it could be a lot of fun. I think. Three years is a good amount of time. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. Uh, right. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. I think we we said we said like uh, in the spring, Ross. If you remember, we said you know what? If Jalen doesn't work out, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks out in this class this year, and probably based on how we're if we struggle, we're probably going to be up there in the position to draft a quarterback. So we can probably make it work this year if uh, if uh, Jalen doesn't work out. Yeah, and they and, and that's the most important thing about this season is determining what he is. Yeah. Don't don't listen to anybody saying play Flacco. If he struggles, let him play through it. You need to determine by the year at end if he's a guy or not. You can count on because you have three first round picks potentially next year. So that's the most important thing this year is is to find out what Hurts is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely agree. Yeah. We're in we're in good position and uh it's so funny because there was so much, and and I know I felt really strongly about how poor, how bad the Eagles were, like what a poor position they were in, what a you know, I can't say the word with my son in the room, but you know what a uh, less than fantastic job uh, that how we did bad things happen in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so you know, and it's so funny, like they haven't even played a game. They had a draft where I love Devontae Smith. I did not like uh, Landon Dickerson just because I don't think you take a guy with that injury history at offensive line uh, and expect him to all of a sudden just get more healthy as he yeah. gets older. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Look, their draft, we'll find out what happens in the draft, like you said, over the next couple of years. But I was so angry. And then it was like, now the Sixers happened. And now the Phillies are happening. And now we're all pinning our hopes back on the Eagles, right? It's like, yeah. we have this incredible ability as Philly fans to just like, it's just this incredible strength to like, we keep asking for more. It's like, okay, let, let's go back to the Eagles and like hang our hopes on that. Yeah. 
Well, somebody's eventually got to pay us off, right? I mean, Excellent. it might happen once every 20 years, but it'll happen. You know, I, I, I was even checking out the NBA draft, mock draft I yesterday. Love and I think yeah. we had us taking like a, like another Croatian or something, or <laughs> someone like another Dario stash and, you know, one of these guys where he might come over in a couple of years. Remember how we all got like oh, so, God. so nerdy about Dario Saric. Yeah. We, there were there were videos on YouTube from like the the Adriatic League and and uh, so uh, yeah so uh, sports is just a you know a rotating process. Um, do you? I do have a question. Do you enjoy what you do? I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, very much do because you know I know I could be out working in ninety eight degree heat digging ditches, <laughs> making calls at a call center and hating everything. Um, so I have an appreciation. For what I do because you know it's a challenge every day to try and be fresh and original uh, you know people always say you just talk about the same four topics all the time I'm like yeah but you know I like talking about the national stuff too and what's going on so yeah I, I, I love it I do well Ross and I I think this summer we're even going to touch I joke with him I always say we're going to talk some Olympics yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. I, I, I've always tried to push for some more Euro 20 20 soccer talk um i will say one thing the english i think for the first time in 40 years beat the germans yeah i mean it was uh, it's amazing did you watch the game did you watch it yeah yeah yeah. i've been betting on it and watching them that's a (laughs) big that's big stuff like that's about two world wars and i mean the (laughs) british haven't won anything since the falkland war in 82 so this is a big deal i used to live in england and these guys are obsessive in a different sort of way um so i am so pumped if they get to the finals at wembley to see that happen you mean Um, they're not breaking down raheem sterling's uh west coast (laughs) uh mansion purchases not not yet not not like that's like that not yet yeah um well jamie I got one more career question for you. How'd you, I'd love to know, like, how'd you get your start and how yeah, did you yeah. kind of get to where you are? Yeah, sure. Um, I was a communications major, did some uh, internships in college and te- sports television. So I had, I mean, this was my goal. Uh, when I graduated, I was kind of like a travel bum and I went and lived in Australia, backpacked oh, wow. around Europe a little bit. So I, I kind of enjoyed my youth. And then I got back home and was like, all right, what the hell do I do now? <laughs> Um, my dad actually called me. I was bartending. That was like my save cash gig and go travel again. Um, he said, Hey, WIP is doing this contest. That's like the apprentice where you can win a job at the station. That was you that won. Yeah. So the first year was (laughs) Mark Farzetta. The second year was Colleen Wolf. The third year was me. Uh, Yeah. And Colleen actually almost fired me. It's funny. I still razz her about it to this day. Um, so I called, not expecting to get in. They said, hey, you're the first alternate. Just show up in case somebody doesn't show up of the five. And I went, all right, there's no chance somebody's not going to show up for this opportunity. Sure enough, somebody didn't show up. I got in. I ended up winning it. Winning it. Uh, I won a job on like the promo street team at the station. I did that. Uh, then I hounded engineering to learn how to remote produce broadcasts. Ended up doing that. Anthony uh, took a liking to me, right time, right place. His producer job opened up. And then I was with Anthony for, hell, nine, nine years. I went from middays to afternoons, then to the morning at the Fanatic with him. Um, and now I've been at the Fanatic seven years almost. 
I think um, I've been listening to Anthony for like over 20 something years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, remember Jody Mack, Ross? Remember of Jody Mack? I remember Jody Mack. Do me, do me a favor. Do me a favor. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Was, I think his dad was the, was his dad the GM of the Mets? Yeah, going back. Was, yeah, an old G- Mets GM, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. So I, I I won my job uh, and then worked uh, worked my ass off to get where I am. And you know, it takes time. It's a grind. You know, the pay is not glamorous in the beginning, and and they weed out the week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. It's great. I appreciate where I'm at, and I love my job. So it's a it's a lot of fun. I, I envy you. Uh, so I, I, it just looks like a great job to be able to talk sports. Um, my nephew just got a job with the Washington Wizards. Oh, nice. And, and, and I told him, I said, just remain. Don't get cynical. That's the yeah. one thing I said to him, because I said, unfortunately, I think it might happen. Yeah. But, um, everything becomes a job eventually. But everything yeah. be- becomes a job. Yeah. And this has just been for me doing this podcast has become an outlet because uh my life it's therapeutic. Is not, yeah, it is very therapeutic. And, you know, anytime you want to stop by in the future, we, we'd love <laughs> to have you back again um, because I've, I've enjoyed this. Um, I, again, I, I love your radio station. I will Thanks, probably quote it on this program. <laughs> I hope that we're not, we're not getting into trouble with that, but I will often quote you and Mike no. and a- Anthony. And uh, I just think you guys do a great job. Um, I'm not a big fan of the other station. I, I, I'm going to go out there and say that. <laughs> um, of the King, if you know who I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I know yeah. that he no longer has a job. Um, but we, I love your station. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, uh, big Tyrone fan too. Uh, yeah, I think he's great. You. We have a good time. We have a good relationship with everybody there. And we try not to do the hot take BS that uh, a lot of people in this industry do, at least yeah. us in the means for sure. Uh, and I think that goes throughout our station, you know. And so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys listening. It means a lot to us. Yeah. yeah you guys yeah. have a good, good uh, just collaboration and a good team. Like, <laughs> I love, like, the anger between, like, Egan and Bob and, like, how they go at it. And, like, you know, yeah. Kincaid can be polarized. I mean, I know, you, like – you know, I, I think I disagree with 98% of what he says, but we battle at it and then yeah. that's it. You know, we don't and, talk about it again and we move on. It's, it's, it's a good working relationship for sure. And that's how he was, you know, in Atlanta too. He, he did Buck and Kincaid show. And I was like, he drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> Cause I'm, I, I, grew, I went to university of Georgia. So I'm a, a UGA fan and he would uh, like, you know how he is. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. even with he's Philly very stuff, good at what he does, he, yeah. he makes a stance. He, he brings passion out of you in his argument. Can I ask a question? How much of it is when people take stance are legit and how much of it is BS? Um, Our station, I think everybody's legit. Um, I think you can, you can sniff out the hot take people that say things just for a reaction. Um, When we battle, it's, I mean, it's real. Like, I mean, I've caused him to curse. So that's like a badge of honor, you know, like he, because cursing to me means passion. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't think anybody at our station fakes it. Um, you know, there's the there's stereotype in the industry that people, you know, say things just to get calls. I mean, maybe occasionally over-dramatize something. But for the most part, I think everybody believes what they say at our station. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing great, great stuff. It's, it's your, your show is so great. The station's great. Um, yeah, it's so funny because, you know, we'll we'll – see something on Twitter from somebody or 
there's one particular person on Twitter who I will protect their anonymity, but they are always hot taking and nice. um, just like, I'm like, how does this dude have an audience and we <laughs> don't, you know, like he, he sucks. And, and I'm just like, I, I can't get over it. And, yeah. um, but you know, the funny thing is, is that a lot of like people will come, come at him and be like, dude, you're off yeah. the rocker or you never want to be that guy. Yeah. Or they, they patronize him even with their tweets. So it's, it's kind of funny yeah, to yeah. watch that, but um, yeah, man, I mean, Philly sports scene, it's, it's live or die, you know, it's like, it's so funny because people down here are like, how come you're not a, a, an Atlanta fan? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like I've lived down here for 20 years, but I was like, like it is in my blood. Like I can't, it's like, I'd rather not be a fan of sports than le- you don't just leave your allegiance. It's, yeah. you know, it's not like a library. I wouldn't want to do this job in any other city. That's for sure. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, so are, I, do we have the playoff music or no? We don't have the playoff I, music. I, I'd have to look it up. I mean, with my tech. Oh, okay. I, was gonna, I was ready to shake and jam, man. <laughs> you I was were? Ready to jam it out. Yeah, yeah. We, missed, we missed last week's show because I was stranded in Las Vegas. And I, we, had, we were going to do a Vegas show, me in the strip in a lonely uh, hotel room. My <laughs> 81-year-old mother, who my 81-year-old mother, Charlotte Levin, bless her soul, has become a Sixers fan. She no, no. said that they got to get rid of Ben Simmons, <laughs> that he can't oh, hit good. a foul shot. That's, Charlotte it, said to do it. Yeah, she's saying you know, <laughs> when someone's shooting 33% from the foul line, they got to go. Not wrong, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Work. Thank you, and I thank hope you. that you have a well, a wonderful Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, you guys yeah. as well. Thanks, Jamie. We appreciate it, man. My enjoy pleasure, it, guys. and uh, we enjoyed having you on. Best thanks of luck with everything. I'll, All right. Yeah, I'll talk to you guys in the near future. For sure. All right. See you guys. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Our close up. It was I, fun. I, it was a lot of fun. I I am in such a good mood. Jamie's a great dude. He's a really great dude. You know what? We'll probably have to get him back before um, that uh, Falcons-Eagles game opening day, which I hopefully... Sorry. (laughs) Hopefully you'll get a chance to go to that game. Uh, Try and get tickets to... No? You don't want to see the Eagles? It's not that I don't want to see the Eagles. I actually enjoy pro sports more... uh, here like i i think pro sports are better viewed on the tv that's just for me personally um i like the breakdown i like the analysis i like all the replays i like not uh you know waiting in line to use the bathroom i like college sports being at in athens or in in the college town because just the overall environment and everything that comes with it the ambiance the pageantry if you will uh, I think it's so rich. And so that's why, uh, you know, I, I prefer college in person and pro at pro home. on TV. I passed the Raiders new, it's called a Legion stadium. It's a Legion stadium. So many times. Um, I know that they're going to have a big Eagles turnout for the Raiders game this season. So, um, that sounds like a fun trip. Um, going out there, but this stadium, that is- stadium is the coolest stadium. Like it looks like you know the whole raiders intimidation thing it looks right. like it's perfect fit right next to the hustler <laughs> strip club too there's strip clubs right next to it too so now that, you didn't go there did you no i did not go there okay. i certainly oh, did come not. on man no man but um yeah so sure. um and then finally um any big plans for fourth of july weekend 
yeah, we're actually going to go to um, uh, Mississippi and see uh, my mom's over there right now. With, so we're going to go see, she's just with my sister. So we're going to go visit some family and uh, come back in time for some fireworks. And uh, yeah, man, um, that's really it. I mean, I'm trying to think what else. I think that's it. Because the Jacobs used to have these amazing 4th of July parties. Ah, you're right. I forgot the about Rockford those. Yeah. Park. those parties, were fun. parties that people would want to be invited to. Yeah, those were fun. Those were fun. We used to grill out and people came and hung out and then we went over to Rockford and sometimes we hung I, out I, in the field. And I, I remember Davy Jones once sang there at Rockford Park. The great Davy Jones. Jones. The, rate, the late great Davy Jones from the Monkees. Yeah, yeah. Sing a and, little daydream uh, believer. That's right. Some so didn't someone someone passed away recently, and I was like, oh, we need oh my gosh, not someone passed away, but uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zoom Zoomoff, Mark Zoomoff. Mark, Mark Zoomoff passed away. No, 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 no. He didn't pass oh. away. He he retired from announcing the, the Sixers. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah, Zoom is done. Oh wow. Well, maybe yeah. he'll be the guest we need to get. Um, so what's going to happen to Allah? Is Allah still going to be doing the announcing by himself, perhaps? Allah is looking for a tag team partner. Maybe you should submit your, uh, you know, your the problem resume. is my voice cracking. You know, uh, that's yeah, that could major, be a problem. The major issue. But yeah. You know what I was thinking about, like with, um, uh, with that is that we have been in Philadelphia so fortunate with these announcers. And I think that's part of the passion, right? Because you feed off of that, like growing up, we had Stan and Merrill, right? Yeah. And then it just became Merrill and Mike. And then I think had... Stan lives in England, right? He was his wife, like took a job in England. And he was that... doing, yeah, it was really different for a football player, because his wife was in the financial industry. But we had Stan and Merrill, we had, um, we had, uh, we had, uh, Philly, uh, Philly. This is Richie, uh, Richie Ashburn. Richie Ashburn and Chris Wheeler. Chris Wheeler. And, right. And Andy Muser. Andy Musser. Yeah. Musser. Musser. <laughs> and uh, McCarthy's not bad either. And like, Harry Callis was wonderful. Harry Callis. Gosh, great. Harry, Harry Callis. Harry Callis. And then for the Sixers before Zoom Off, you know, I hate to say it, I forget before Zoom Off. We had Zinkoff, but Zinkoff was the Zinkoff was the in-game announcer. Yeah, but, but Zoom Off was so great and these guys and then the flyers also uh i feel bill, like the flyers had bill campbell was an announcer i know that who was the guy that was on was it gene hart i do was gene hart gene hart was, i mean these guys are like legendary you know and so part of that excitement that passion that that uh that's baked into your dna like we just talked about with jamie I mean, that comes as a result of these these like incredible historic announcers and the way they these guys call games. And how many times did have I said to you, like, you know, I'll be watching a game down here and I'll look on Twitter to look for the audio of uh, the Philly you know, broadcast. Yeah. Zoom off or, um, you know, uh, the home broadcast team, because I just love the excitement, you know. And I always love our Philly broadcasters, though, on news, too. The sports broadcasters, like a John Clark, who is, like, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, yeah. Reminds oh, me you of, met him? Yeah, it reminds me of Jamie Lynch a lot, actually. Just a great guy. Um, you know, even growing up watching Al Meltzer. I mean, yeah. that guy was great. I mean, we've been... Big blessed, Al. Big, big Al. Al. We've been blessed to have some really positive sports broadcasters. Uh, 
Yuki Gary, Washington. Yuki Washington, the late Gary Papa. Vaisikahima. Uh, Vaisikahima. Uh, yeah, I mean. Gary uh, Papa. You know, it's interesting. I was reading about Don Tollefson and his tragic history and seeing what happened with him. But I even remember him growing up. And uh, what was his name? Scott, uh, the guy that ended up working with the Phillies. Was it uh, Scott? Palmer? Scott Palmer is another guy. We Channel 6 had some wonderful broadcasters back in the 80s, from my memory. Um, so, And in, even Tuggy McGraw, Tug, the late Tug McGraw was doing yeah. some some sports for them so it's yeah. cool because even when we go back when when my wife and i when summer and i go back we uh always watch action news and we hope that jim gardner who is like absolutely every, every bit of a living legend the fact that he's still going yeah still going strong it's remarkable and uh, then um you'll see the news van chances are you will see that news van again so that's right. uh that's um, right I'm what not, are you doing for Fourth of July? I, you remember when we were kids and we used to go to the Franklins and they had yeah, before yeah. My, my family. We went to the Franklins and they had the big Fourth of July. Love the deviled eggs. Um, and they, they got those like like twelve foot subs, like they were the yeah. biggest things I've ever seen. Um, I probably I don't know what I'm going to do. Hopefully, you know, after that trip last week, which was really tough, I think I'm just going to try and relax, but maybe get a sub, watch some fireworks. You know, keep it basic, um, and and that's about it. And uh, keep working. I love the Julius Irving book behind you on the. I can see it on your bookshelf right there. Nice man. Yeah. yeah um, he signed it. Yeah. Oh, he did sign it. But yeah, no. I met, yeah. I've met him three times in my life. Once in the Atlanta airport, like probably five years ago. Once in the Philly airport when I was ten, which was like the makings of like, it was basically the equivalent of the mean Joe green commercial when we were kids, but he never <laughs> gave me his Jersey. Yeah. And then I met him at a book signing with my sister-in-law um, as well. So pretty cool. Um, there was something else that I wanted to say uh, as far as this weekend goes. Oh, couple shout outs. I got a text from B train and from E-Rock. They were like, What's up with that 1973? Because it had been some time since we right. an episode. Well, I think the last one was with Curry. And so E-Rock had actually sent me uh he had sent me a message uh on, on my my desperate looking post from Las Vegas that you should do, you should have actually done a 1973 from Las Vegas, which would have been interesting, actually. That would have um, been awesome. Because I had so much to say after that loss on Sunday night. I was like, I think maybe being out of town was helpful and cathartic because I would have been more upset. You had to see me on Friday night. I looked the Friday night, they actually won because I didn't enjoy it. I wish I had enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it because I was still upset about the loss on Wednesday night. So right. yeah, yeah. Any other shout outs? Um, I think that those are the two. Thanks to our boy, Matty Hansen, even though he's an Atlanta Hawks fan for uh, helping us <laughs> with everything. So make sure to check out our Instagram page our Facebook page, our Twitter page, or one of those. So everyone's on one of those, right? So right. Um, follow us and we'll put out this uh, podcast on that as well. I so. did have one shout out. My nephew, Ben Liebergall, graduated from high school and actually had Go his get it, ben. prom on Saturday night. They do it a little bit late in New York. So he is going to be a freshman at Michigan. So uh, go Ben, go Ben. Oh, man, that is super exciting. And uh, yeah, man, everyone, listen, celebrate your independence. Be grateful for what you have, right? Uh, enjoy the fourth. Be safe. Don't 
don't, not a good time to try to figure out how to light fireworks. Right. Uh, just be smart about it. Right, right, right. That's right. That's right. My dad always said that he was an ophthalmologist. People end up in the emergency room on 4th of July because they always blow things up in their face. Don't be one of the people that blows up something in your face. There you go. And with that, you know, what, what more? You're getting public service announcements on this uh, podcast. And with that, do you have I, the do you have the music or we or we don't have it? So I could sing it. If you're why interested, don't you, why don't you sing it? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? You got to mute yourself.